Welcome to Social Proof, a podcast about influence brought to you by Soapbox. We're in the business of social media and influencer marketing. So we talk to people every day who've built brands, fans, and followers. We're intrigued by the idea of influence. What makes certain people so compelling? Join us each and every week as we raise our glasses with captivating individuals and dig into what it means to develop a personal brand and have true influence. Cheers to real people and riveting stories. Hello, welcome to Social Proof, a podcast about influence with Soapbox. I'm Beth. Hi, everyone. I'm Nate. And we are so excited to have Michelle Perry with us today. Hey, Michelle. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and where you live, because that's pretty pertinent to who you are and how you spend your days. Yep. I'm Michelle Perry. I'm the founder of BlackSouthernBell.com, a lifestyle platform focused on African-American women lifestyle um, that are in the South. I'm based outside of Charleston, South Carolina in the Low Country, where I'm from. I live in an old historic home, and I spend a good chunk of my day chasing two little babies, a two-year-old and a one-year-old. But when I'm not doing that, I work on brand campaigns with tourism associations, Fortune 500 companies, new home developments, um, talking to press, write for magazines and other outlets, um, and kind of whatever Bethany and many other people tell me to do. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Michelle, I was trying to remember how we originally connected. Was it through LinkedIn? Or did someone introduce us? I'm trying to remember. I think I might have been LinkedIn. And then so. Soapbox Platform, I think I like conversed back and forth. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I saw campaigns that were interesting or I forward them to people. And I think it's just been, yeah. I feel like LinkedIn, we've, this past year feels like it's been five years. So it's really hard for me to gauge like, how long I've known people. It really just feel like it's been five years. 100%. And then I think in social media world, I feel like, you get to know people faster in the oddest way, even though you don't see them in person. It's like a weird That's thing. That's so true. Like in social media world, I feel like I've known some people shorter times, but it feels so much longer. Yes. Uh, because you kind of see their home and see everything. About right. Them, so. Exactly. Yeah. So we have been really fortunate to work with you, Michelle, in kind of an informal um, basis for a while now. Um, one of the things I love about you is that um, you're so personable and so well-connected and have such a brain for influencer marketing. So it's going to be really fun to dive in with you today. But before you did this, you had a background in the corporate world. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yep. In a former life, I worked at Google and did government affairs and public affairs. Um, and even participated in planning the YouTube um, influencer party, but it wasn't called the YouTube influencer party at the time because that wasn't a word. Uh, so it's kind of full circle. So I did that. I worked on like intellectual property and tax and immigration law and many things that are really interesting. But I did get to work with creators and working on laws that you know affect what they do in the mm-hmm. advertising space. So I was in advertising, but not in advertising. Obviously, Google is advertising uh, at the end end of the day. And then I worked for a startup after that doing fashion marketing and 
ran the influencer and blogger program and then got the bug to run Black Southern Bell. I love that. So talk a little bit about Black Southern Bell. I think one of the things that I found so appealing is not only um, I, I share that love of old homes and of Southern culture, but you have really honed in on your heritage, your connection to the low country on Gullah Art. I would love for you to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So I was decorating my first home in Maryland where I was living at the time and planning my wedding outside of Charleston. Um, and I was looking for lifestyle inspiration that was black and Southern because I'm always black. I'm always Southern. <laughs> and I was going to the Southern outlets and not seeing African-American culture and going to the African-American outlets and not seeing the Southern culture. So I started it from there. And, um, you know, my background is living in the low country. We have a very specific type of African-American culture called Gullah culture. It's very coastal, very vibrant, very colorful. Um, and that's, what I was raised in, I grew up with family of hog farmers, longshoremen, outdoor, you know, but very formal, very mm-hmm. raised in the church, Amy Church. Um, and that's what drives me with Black Southern Bell. I um, do a lot of lifestyle stuff, but it's very much a focus on the history and heritage. So mm-hmm. I entertain, do entertaining stories and do, you know, stories that are very lifestyle, but also like has to have a history, has to have mm-hmm. a connection beyond just the piece. So I'm actually kind of one of the rare bloggers who doesn't call out too many brands in what mm-hmm. I showcase because it's more so about the history and the heritage. So if I'm working with a brand and really specifically talking about what they do, it has to have a very direct connection mm-hmm. uh, because I'm you know, not typically, I don't follow any trends. Yeah. <laughs> you yes. know, I like what I like yeah. from my history and heritage. So I never really had anything trendy um, in my home. I may have some things that may be on trend right now because that's just on trend, but I don't have any of those types of things. Yeah. I love antique shopping and that's part of how I grew up. And I grew up, you know, traveling and going to different parts of the South with my dad because he was so tired of traveling after being in the Navy that he only wanted to do day trips. <laughs> it's like, we're so staying we here. Him on a cruise. <laughs> we can get him on anything after being in the Navy. He's like, we're, if it can't happen in a day or two, we're probably not going. So we got to explore all types of small towns in the South. So I'm like, now with the pandemic, I'm very used to just going to the next (laughs) small town and I love showcasing the small towns. Yeah. Um, I think also is why I learned more about you guys because I was doing work with Arkansas tourism. Yeah. So that's that's like a trail of the Arkansas Delta. And so that's really fun for me. And definitely a small town girl, even Mm -hmm. though I've lived in the big city, no matter what I do. In D.C., came all the way back home to decorate everything in my home. Um, I love that. I'm a small artist that I know. And now live in a town with only 5,000 people. Oh, still. my gosh. I didn't realize that. I mean, I knew you were kind of on the the outskirts there. Okay. I have one more question. Yeah. That I promise I will let Nate cut in. I always do this to him. Yeah. But yeah, you were talking at the beginning uh, as we were setting up for the podcast about, you know, don't mind my leftover Mardi Gras decor in the background. Mm-hmm. And then you were talking just now yeah. as well about, um, I think you're such a... a good example of someone who has really niched down. And, you know, so often I think influencers and creators feel like they kind of have to be all things to all people and they've got to incorporate fashion and lifestyle and food and recipes. And I love that you, you love what you love and you know what you like and you know your style and you just stick with that and you don't feel that urge to fluctuate. So how did you get there? Um, Was it just sticking to your guns or was it something that you realized worked? Well, partially sticking to my guns. Partially, I don't know how to do hair and makeup at all. So certain <laughs> things I just can't do. So like me talking about it would be very bad. Yeah. I would not tell anyone to take advice from me on how to do hair and makeup. Like that's like, so partially it's just like, I would be very embarrassed to write about certain topics. So that makes it easy to say. I'm stick not to what you know, that. right? Um, 
But I think also being on the flip side of a brand, I kind of, sometimes I think I know how brands think. So, you know, I've had beauty brands that reach out to me and want to work on stuff with me. And I'm very candid of like, I'm not a beauty blogger. Mm-hmm. I am not an expert in makeup, but I know how to be a hostess and I can give a, the framework of how a hostess would, you know, use this gift as like, you know, a care package or a product that they gave to someone as a gift. So I think just like for me to be authentic and like not completely embarrass myself, I think my friends would literally write on a blog, you know, you don't do your hair and makeup. Like, I think that's like yeah, that it is. They would call like, you out. I've never done my hair and makeup. So I think, literally, I think my friends would probably write that because I have that's those kind of friends that they're like, are you serious? Like, this can't be real. But, don't listen to anything um, she's saying. So yeah, you she have has- friends who will talk about you. That's also one way to keep yourself very honest that's about what's true. authentic to you. <laughs> And I do have a lot. Southern people, I think, are very much so like that in the nicest way possible. Yes. They'll definitely let you know. Yes. What you don't know. <laughs> so that's I think so that's, true. That's one way. But, you know, I think, you know, I started this brand um, wanting to showcase African-American culture in ways that often didn't get showcased. So I feel like, you know, for me, there are a lot of African-American beauty bloggers. There are a lot of African-American hair bloggers. But mm-hmm. home decor wasn't showcased as much in art and other things that I generally spend my time in the most we're a showcase. So I think there's so many people who do that well. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll showcase, you know, and write about fashion bloggers and showcase their home, how they maybe have a closet designed in their home. But mm. I definitely know where I am on certain things and know that like it's just not authentic. And that may be because I, you know, did public affairs and did work in politics. So storytelling right. and telling an authentic story is really important. You can kind of fake it. But after a while, it's like, like I said, if you say the wrong thing. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're talking about. Eventually, someone will be like, that is not calling you out. Yeah, that's great advice. I mean, across the board, not only just, you know, specific to who you are. So, yeah, love that. So, Michelle, you had a you had a big job at Google. Um, Uh um, I know you you mentioned that a little bit, but I'm curious, what was the was there like a, a catalyst or an event that happened that caused you to desire to break out and do your own thing? Or or has that always been a part of you and part of the plan? Um, well, to run Black Southern Bell, it was planning my wedding and decorating my home. When I was at Google, I was in public affairs and politics, and I just fell into that because of being in D.C. and being in college mm-hmm. there. I never thought I was going to work in public affairs or public policy at all. I thought I was going to go to Howard and be a Wall Street lobby, <laughs> I mean, a Wall Street um, investment banker. And mm-hmm. I like literally thought that was my path. And I did like an investment banking internship and all these things. So I never plan any of the things that I did. So yeah. I'd love to say that I had a very strategic plan to become like a public affairs professional at Google or a big company in DC, which sounds like it makes sense if you go to school in DC, <laughs> but I was actually quite opposite. So oh, I was like, funny. I remember I accidentally ended up with an internship in legislative affairs at the department of transportation. Like one does. <laughs> and I told the guy, I only took it because it paid. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I just want a job and this pays well. Seems like it'd be good in my resume. And the guy told me like, oh, you could work on the Senate committee and work on financial affairs if you, you're a business major. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. I was like, <laughs> so you can be a lobbyist. You can do this. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, you know, I was like, knew about some things. I really was like very zoned in on like, you know, spreadsheets, accounting. Like That was like what I thought I was going to be. And that's really how I ended up. So I had no plan on any of these things. I'm always the accidental like government affairs person. But when you tell people that you did it at Google, it doesn't sound like an accident to them. They're like, even applying to... You don't accidentally get a job at Google. I was the first Google DC intern on accident because I applied after like going out one night and I saw the internship and it was very easy and I heard Google had free food. So I am... (laughs) 
That's strategic because I am. I also really don't mind taking a risk and just trying something. And every time I just try something, it I don't think I could have planned a better first job. Mm. Like I like that's in hindsight, like I don't really think. And that's when I was like, well, what else can I do in DC? Because like my first job was at Google in government affairs, and I just don't know what else I would really want to do uh, because yeah. it wasn't my first passion. So yeah, I like to Love say I, I planned some things, and everything I planned, I didn't do. Uh, <laughs> but I do like to have some plans. But literally everything I've ever planned, I did not do. Um, so, so did you start? Did you start Black Southern Bell while you were still working full time at Google? Then I was working full time at a fashion startup. After that, so I got like an okay. entrepreneurship bug. I emailed someone on LinkedIn who worked in fashion marketing in <laughs> DC, and I, was so like, well. I just want to do something very different than like politics um, and you know government affairs, and just try something out. Had a little cushion from working at Google. So I was like, I can try something that's a startup and, you know, just kind of see how that, what that's like. Cause I was young enough. I was like, let me try that. And I emailed a, a CEO just to like connect with her because she actually had started a few companies and sold a fashion tech company in DC, which is unheard of. Uh, and she offered me a job after having coffee with her. So <laughs> wow. that was really how that happened. So I was supposed to, you know, spend a couple of months planning out what I wanted to do after Google, but she offered me a job. That's I talked so to my boss at the time who, had like a regret of life of not going to a startup that ended up everybody else that was his friend that went to the startup making, <laughs> getting a lot of money at the IPO. So he was yeah. like, you know, just try it. Cause you can Go always come back to a big company. We're not going anywhere. The big companies, <laughs> yeah. uh, but like getting on a rocket ship doesn't happen. That didn't happen there, but I ended up getting the entrepreneurship bug huh. and deciding to do this. And I told my husband, I'm just going to do this full time. And if it doesn't work out, if my, only my best friends read it after the first month, I'll go back and find yeah. a regular job. So I was like, okay. I just kind of knew I wanted to experiment. I am, you know, I am a risk taker, but I'm like very calculated about it. I'm like, okay, you I'm are, young enough. Yeah. I bought my home. I've done certain things. So now I'm like, let me see if I can do this now because I won't do it later. But I'm glad I did it. But again, never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. At the most, I thought maybe I was going to open a lobbying shop or a public affairs shop after and just have like clients from the friends that I knew, which is still being an entrepreneur, but certainly like has a little bit more of a built-in base, like runway of starting a business versus like hoping a brand finds you and likes your following and that people like what you've decided to make, which is a lot harder. Um, What you do so well, I think Michelle is, you know, you don't, and you talked about being a risk taker, but you don't sit around and cross your fingers and wait for someone to find you. Yeah. I think you are probably what I think you and I have in common is we're a little bit fearless about like, I'm just going to find the name of the CEO of this company and I'm going to reach out to him personally. Like what what could go wrong, mm-hmm. right? Um, so talk about that a little bit because I think so many influencers and creators who are starting to find their way you know, don't necessarily come with a a public policy, public affairs background yeah. and an understanding of how to kind of, I would say, work the system and and to yeah. put themselves out there. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, from when I was at a brand, we were always trying to find what's going to be the new hot thing, even in politics. It's like, what's the next like mm-hmm. nonprofit group or the next advocacy group or the next movement that we should be like a part of? And I knew mm-hmm. that brands always are like, you know, very forward thinking, even though you do need a following. I knew there was plenty of things that people just kind of built. Right. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, let's see what people might want to build with this. And, I, you know, I think that if influencers, you know, you always have an expertise, even if you don't have a following. Right. Mm -hmm. So like Mm -hmm. you have a day to day job or you have a personal interest. So you can be an expert in things without having a following. You know, people hire people to talk on many things. And I 
that has ended up being somewhat of my business too, of talking about expertise of things, of talking about Southern products, even without mm-hmm. the following at the beginning. So I think if, you know, I think that's like one of the main things that I always tell everyone is just like brands have budget in many places. If they mm-hmm. like an idea and they really think it aligns, they will make it happen. That's right. Um, and if they don't make it happen, it's probably not going to be a brand fit anyway or a partnership fit. And you really want to work with brands that you can work with them long term. And mm-hmm. I'm proud to say I think I have about a 90% attrition rate with brand mm-hmm. partnerships. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's because, like, if you do email a CEO and they do email you, they probably really want to work with you, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah, that is a very good just, yeah. like, beginning starter point of, like, they're not going to do... They certainly value the relationship at least enough to respond. So I think like that's, you know, you have just as much value add as they do. Because I remember at brands, you know, you sponsor stuff. Sometimes you don't want a competitor to sponsor it, right? Yeah. Because you don't want to be behind the trend of something, especially yeah, now on social it. media. Like you can right. end up behind a trend because you're just sitting on something for six months or six days, right? I think yeah. what's this, um, the feta pasta that's yes. like going viral. <laughs> it's just like, you don't want it in a big company. It's like you can lose money and ground by just like moving slow on trends. Mm -hmm. And that's what the up and coming folks do have as an advantage Mm because they're more nimble. They don't have to think about their, you know, partnerships or how they've already done it forever. Even in Mm -hmm. social media world forever might be five years, but doing something five months is something new. So because of that, I'm like, well, you know, brands are always looking for something new to do um, and trying to find those right teams. And, you know, I also know like just because somebody's not responding doesn't mean they're not reading it. Right. Right. Like I used to get thousands of emails a week, people asking for money. And I'm like, I just forwarded on to people. And I know that that happens. So like, even when you don't get the responses, people are forwarding things, people are sharing it, people are printing it off, putting it to the side, following you, and you just don't know. So, I mean, even if you don't get any responses, I get plenty of things where it's like, I didn't think that person actually forwarded to anybody, but they did. And that's where I got the brand deal. But if I didn't keep emailing them for six months in a row or two years in a row, it would have never Kind of happen. So yeah, it, a lot of times things boil down to persistence and stick to itiveness and follow up, and that's where yeah you can really win. So Michelle, one of the things that we love and admire about you here at Soapbox is that you seem like you know everybody, or you have some sort of connection to to every. You're like just a few degrees separated from everybody <laughs> in the world. I think it's not Kevin Bacon; it's Michelle Perry. Actually. Yes, exactly. yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'm curious for you, like as a marketer ourselves, like we have these, you know. CRM systems and we have these, you know, mm-hmm. methods of keeping in contact with people and making sure we're staying in touch. Do you, do you use anything like that? How do you stay connected to your network? And like, what's the secret for you to getting to know as many people as you do? I always say I'm going to use a lot of tools and I sign up for a lot of tools. So I'm going to be very <laughs> honest that I don't use them as much as I should. Just to be very honest. It's natural uh, I for you. I do love talking <laughs> to people. I did public affairs. So I always say, if you ever can do any internship doing like a political press internship will probably make you like very good at remembering people and remembering names. And so like when you're living in a city like DC, remembering names and remembering people and what they like and what you like and how you truly authentically connect, because so much of the time you're asking for something Mm. all the time, right? Like every meeting in DC is a thousand asks and like Mm. very adamant asks. Like I mean, like it's, (laughs) you're asking people really big, important things that affect the world or people or, you know, you know, Mm. so for me, I just love connecting with people on something very personal first. So as long as 
That's what I think at first. And like when I see somebody talking about veterans or somebody's talking about something in volunteer or somebody's alma mater, that's what I remember first. I <laughs> half the time don't remember what people really do in their day to day, but I really do remember those things first. I find it's easier. It's more authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's usually what I'm generally connecting with people on. Um, you know, a lot of people do come to me and recruiters and folks, and I try to find an answer for everyone who comes to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then I think that's how I end up knowing a lot of people because it's like, I may not be the person for this, and I'm very quick to say I'm not the person for this, but I'm sure Mm -hmm. I can find someone else. Um, And for me, that's how I do it. I think LinkedIn is a great tool just because of the way the algorithm works. Mm -hmm. Um, It feeds you a lot of information. You feed it a lot of information. Um, I think that's like an easy one for someone who that's not who they're either naturally inclined to spend a couple of minutes just like liking and following things that they personally like. Again, like mm-hmm. I think the yeah. more you like and follow things you personally like, the easier it is to want to do something right to get back yeah. on LinkedIn and yeah. like not just saying, OK, well, I'm looking for a job in marketing, so I'm only going to like the marketing stuff. Like, right. Okay. Yeah. I like food, I like fashion, even if I don't want to do food or fashion marketing, liking <laughs> and following those things. Everybody does kind of know everybody after a while, right? That's true. You know, I end up knowing, you know, I used to manage a lot of trade associations. I also think trade is, this is really old school, but trade associations are a good way yeah. to just remember a lot of things, right? It's really yes. old school, but it does work, right? Because trade associations think about a lot of industries and how your industry affects other places and other things. So I also try to just keep tapped into those, even though, again, it's very government affairs type of thing, but every industry has one, right? There's a trade association for anything under the sun. There's a local one, there's a regional one, there's a national one. Um, And I find those are easy ways to keep up with, you know, their newsletters, saving their newsletters, following those things. Um, very but smart. again, that's a very old school one. I'm talking yeah. very non-techie. Well, <laughs> oh, no, that, yeah. was, that's what I was curious is if you, I mean, I got the vibe that you were probably less techie about it. Yeah. But one thing yeah. that you said that was really unique that I, that I wanted to call attention to is you, like people are asking you things. And even if you're not a fit, you yeah or naturally inclined to just reach out and try to make connections for people. And I don't, that's not natural for most people. I think for no. most of us, if, if it doesn't serve us in some way, we're like, eh, yeah. they'll figure it out or they can ask yeah. someone else. But I, I feel like you're yeah. one, someone that like just goes the extra mile to make that connection for people. Yeah. And I think that's really unique and I think admirable. That's, yeah. That's what stood out to you about us. And I think the reason you and I connected and I, I tried to do a lot of that as well, although I've never met anyone as masterful as you because you know, it's that whole idea of I can't help you, but who do I know who could? And I think that that is why you you don't have burned bridges. You, you know, it, anyone who has interacted with you has probably had a very good experience. And I remember you telling me early on, you know, if I say I'm going to do it, if I commit to doing it, I'm going to deliver and follow through. So that's been, I think, something we've enjoyed about having the opportunity to collaborate with you. But it's also something that I think um, so many influencers in particular, and honestly, everyone, shopper marketers and brand people in general can benefit from remembering to kind of play in a little bit more to that true golden rule. So is that how you were brought up? Is it just how you're wired? Southern hospitality. With a mentor. Um I was trying to meet with a very, very big name lobbyist, very poor person. I was like, okay, I'm going to try to get to him. I got to him. He met with me. um, And he was like, you know, I'm meeting with you because I've been in D.C. a long time. And everyone who's an intern ends up being my boss. Um, I'm like, okay, whatever. He's just saying this. Yeah. I was like, okay, sure. Um, And then 
two years later, I graduated and he was the consultant I had to hire for Google. So, you know, (laughs) and he was like, see, I told you, you'd be my boss. He's like, I've been around a long time. Right. (laughs) So, so I think in, because in DC, the young people run the the city, right? Like the staffers Mm -hmm. are 22 and 23. I don't even, I don't know. I don't care what people do now. I know they will be doing something. If they found me, if they're able to find me, if they're able to find these people, uh, and I know my own personality, yeah. people who want to find people will find people. And if you don't respond to them now, you're going to probably wish you did respond to them later. And that's the worst experience. <laughs> like networking is that like, I remember people remember who did not respond to them, that's especially true. from my political experience. People <laughs> never forget who doesn't respond to them, that they really wanted to respond to them. So I yeah. tried to not have anyone have that feeling of that's like, great advice. That is really good advice. Because, yeah. um, that's what people remember. People remember people who helped them really well and people who didn't help them at all. <laughs> like there's mm-hmm. not, you know, so if yeah. I can be on the other side, uh, just personally, it makes me feel good. I have fun, but it's also like, you know, coming from an, an, an industry where, you know, people aren't like vengeful, but certainly it's like, well, if this person did respond, I will respond back to them. Yeah. Since you did not respond it's calculated. on the bottom of my list. Right, uh, right. And they'll very let you know that I remember you. You know, <laughs> I remember being in meetings where I was with someone and they're like, I emailed you when I was an intern and you didn't respond to me. Uh, and, you know, just <laughs> yeah. they say in D.C. what people think in their heads in other spaces. So, you know, it's just that's <laughs> I kind of love like, that. What people think in their heads, they say out loud. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just I've seen that a hundred times. Right. I've seen like when mm-hmm. we were, you know the deal breakers. And then now with tech and social media, it's like the people who are doing influencer marketing who are giving mm-hmm. you the contracts at the agencies for 22, 23. Yeah. If they were your intern. So I don't know, I just good yeah. karma all along. I've been, and I think having a really great first job, I'm like, I'm just trying to keep the karma that I had yeah. and keep it going and whatever <laughs> I tried to do, man, try yeah. to not lose it. But I know, so, it's fun for me um, just to connect the dots. I like connecting the dots and figure out, well, I don't know somebody there that's crazy. How do I not know somebody? <laughs> Let me remedy that. that. Yeah. <laughs> You're on a mission to know everyone. I go down a rabbit hole of like, what is this industry? What do they do? Uh, what is the association? So I go down a long rabbit hole. And that's probably also maybe how I remember. I go down a whole rabbit hole of signing up for all these newsletters of things that I have nothing to do. Like I'm signed up to like land association newsletters because I got kind of obsessed with like, <laughs> people purchasing land but that affects my tourism groups right so it sounds kind of crazy but like when you're in southern tourism a lot of it is land preservation right. ecology so it sounds crazy but then it's kind of not well I think it's also how you're wired it's very interesting and it probably is that public affairs you know you and I have that in common I worked in um, mm-hmm. community and economic development and and you know touch some government affairs and so it is very calculated, but I think it's also um, you've taken that strategic mentality um, and made yourself into a real resource for people. So, you know, signing up for these newsletters, I, I've been on the receiving end of that where you see something that is highly relevant and you pop it over to me. And it's almost always something that would never have been on my radar um, because it's a little obscure, but still relevant. And I think that's a skill set you have. We we should do a whole separate workshop with you on how you how you do this. But mm-hmm. for now, I'm curious, um, who influences you? So um, obviously, yeah. we're all prone to say a parent or someone inspirational, yeah. but thinking about who you follow on social media and who has an impact on you, can you talk about a handful of people who influence you? A handful of people who influence me. That can be a tough one. 
It can be a tough one. And I'm trying to think of a lot of the people who influence me aren't really on social media. So I do follow like a lot of professors and folks mm-hmm. uh, because I, you know, do write so much about like heritage and history yeah. so that there are quite a few like professors um, who influence mm-hmm. me, I think. Um, oh, and, and these don't have to be social yeah, media influencers. They don't influencers. have to be influencers yeah. per se. Yeah. You know, and I'm always going to say, and I, and I do love charity associations that was like part of the work that I did at Google. And I think that they do, they allow me to be able to change careers just by reading Mm -hmm. like their newsletters. Again, this is very old school, but a lot of times people come to me saying, how can I change a career? How can I do something Mm -hmm. completely different? Um, How can I learn about a space without being in a space? I'm in a small town, so I can't get before COVID, especially I couldn't get to New York or DC or LA or what's going on. And like, the big hip cities. Uh, we don't yeah. even have a ton of Fortune 500. We don't have any Fortune 500 companies actually hoard, headquartered here. We have mm-hmm. tourism, um, mm-hmm. farming, uh, and still mostly small farming. We don't have like big commercial farms yeah. too much right. in South Carolina, like say like Texas or even Arkansas. Right. We don't have, we have much more smaller uh, hmm. concentrated farms. So I think joining those types of groups, um, they certainly influenced me. I think My local neighbors are probably what influenced me the most. They That's actually keep yeah. me abreast because I can, because of my public policy background, be very in the clouds about things and not like yeah. in the weeds of like what is how people think about an issue right. on a day-to-day basis, like how I view it's it. I'm like, that's check. not polar. Everyone is talking about politics in a normal. And so like for my world, I'm like, and I do have to keep my certain LinkedIn's like separate because it's like my <laughs> friends are in mm-hmm. politics. So they talk. They've always talked politics and I don't see it as, you know, polar. I have friends who think completely opposite of me. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I think my, I have a neighbor who's very into like all of the association rules of our town and the historic society. <laughs> um, I live on Church Street next to five churches. Uh, so oh, there's wow. like a lot of dynamics and things going on there. So I, mm-hmm. I am probably the least tech and social in my like day-to-day of influence. Um <laughs> But I, that's because I really am in a little bubble in my small town. And I really like that after that's having, because I am thing. so in the world of talking to people all the time. But in my day-to-day right. life, I'm literally in Walterboro, going yeah. to my farmer's market, shopping from my local farmers. <laughs> it's really like, yeah. so I live I two that. vastly yeah. different lives. I don't think my neighbors even know what I do. They see like a photo shoot. They're like, okay, she's doing something kind of random. Now? <laughs> but, that's so but funny. Just like, Are you coming to the, to the meeting about, I don't know. The, yeah, what rules we have on the fences that we have in our town. So, so do you? Probably, um, I'm curious about that because that is that's such an interesting juxtaposition between that kind of small town living and you know going to the farmers market and then inside your home, you know, you're you're talking with literally CEOs, CMOs. You know, it's so interesting to me. So, talk to us a little bit about your typical day. What is there a typical day, and what does that look like for you? Um, well, I spent all night with my daughter waking up. <laughs> so that's like, the day doesn't really end. So I don't think I slept in three years, like in a real way. Um, but I start Relatable. I do pick up my phone. That's not the best habit. Uh, but I go through all my emails. I try to pop some frozen biscuits in the air fryer <laughs> as best as I can. So that's yeah. like not... That's my little hack. I'm like, they're really good, though. That's the air fryer makes those frozen biscuits. That's actually kind of brilliant. 
<laughs> or I go to, I know, I don't, I, everybody goes to the air fryer for like healthy stuff. But of course, in yeah. the South, I'm putting biscuits in there. <laughs> but they are absolutely That's delicious. And it cooks in like right 10 there. minutes. So <laughs> saying. Or I go to the gas station because I am the queen of gas station food as well. Uh, so... That is also my other claim to fame. In our town, we have very delicious gas station food, like pineapple. Oh, I believe it. Cobbler. Like, it's really insane. It's very good. Um, Right there. So I do that. And then kids go between me and my husband. And then I just like scrolling through LinkedIn hashtags. I have hashtags I follow on like Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. then I'm just pulling through all my newsletters and like flagging things for content ideas that I think are interesting. Uh, and then I just start going through and trying to make my like checklist for today. Um, mm-hmm. I am again, very strategic and then very all over the place. I'm like the most type <laughs> a all over the place person that I think yeah. my husband's like, you are all over the place, but very, very type a, I just have <laughs> all the so ideas funny. and then I try to figure out how to get them done through other people mm-hmm. or me as quickly as possible. So if I have an idea, like Good I was on the phone with somebody there. earlier, I wanted to do licensing with home products. This person is was a former CMO and licensing person at a brand in High Point. So I went straight to her. I was like, how do I do this? What do I need to do? <laughs> like make together this brand and that's what I'm going to do. So that's like, if I come up with an idea, I'm like, wow. who is the person? And I think that's my former DC. Who's the decision maker? How does this happen? Yes. How can this happen fast? Um, that's how it works. So I'm always trying to do a lot of stuff, but I'm very keen to figuring out exactly who makes the decision to get that done, um, as best as I can. So that's how it does. You joke a little bit, but there were some really good hacks and pro tips in there. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) That's funny. So tell us, um, one of the things we like to do is talk about kind of our closing questions. Um, and there's two of them. They can sound similar. So, the first one is, um, what are you consuming? And for me, that yeah. means like some something you're binge watching, a podcast you're oh devouring, a book you're reading, a series. And then the other question is, what's something that you're so into right now? So a lot of times for me, that's a thing. Like this is the water bottle that I know and love and mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with it. It goes everywhere with me. So what are you consuming and what are you so into right now? And we make ourselves answer yeah. these as well. So <laughs> yeah, the PBS app. I'm consuming hmm. a lot. I love the PBS app. It's really great streaming, really kid that's, friendly. So that's all like very good. That's uh, interesting. I have a documentary obsession. And so now my YouTube algorithm's all over the place because my kids uh, <laughs> watch Pokemon. So it doesn't give me like the best stuff in the back end anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I've gone to PBS and I like it because they do have the national stuff, but then, you know, you have your state affiliate. So it's pretty, mm-hmm. you know, cool because I can watch like, what's going on here in the low country and get some interesting tidbits. But mm-hmm. um, that's one that's how they have all those like period, you know, TV shows that they do. They make really good TV shows on PBS. They really like, do. Very yes. I think people like do not realize what's on PBS. Uh, and even I my think own you're self, right. They have, yes. like, really good foodie shows and even their YouTube channel aside from the app has really good yeah. content. So that's yeah. one that I'm consuming and binging a ton. Um, and then what am I into? I'm always into very overpriced beverages that are not alcohol. <laughs> oh, same. Yeah, that's Nate. <laughs> so talk like, to us. What's your favorite? Yeah. so much money in the like odd drink section. Me and my husband both like it's embarrassing to think about how much money we spend on like whatever new drink has come to be mm-hmm. at the grocery store. 
But this I is my favorite my response to this question. Section just yeah. for me because I'm the person buying all of the press, whatever weird things. Yeah. Uh, so that's like a bad habit to start. So I don't suggest that to That's anyone, actually but. pretty funny. I think that we were talking about that aisle today. We were. Yeah. yeah. It's addicting. Oh, um, it is. And we've been it's looking addicting. at all of the beverages in that space and it's. It's very interesting. So I had to double check the name of of one of my items to make sure I didn't misspeak. But yeah, Nate, what do you? My husband's. I'm into the kombuchas, and he's all into like the protein Ooh. shakes, which are like yes. always very expensive. It's like he's yes. all into every kind of protein shake, and he has a lactate issue, and then I have like IBS and like different things. So like it's partially for like health, yeah. but then also it's just like, what is this new tea thing? I mean, it's just there's always something new, and then have you tried the always, keeper? And then, you know, I tried what? to fight biting them online, but I even buy them <laughs> online now, which is so bad. Like, it's just become yeah. like a, there's a whole row in my refrigerator of just like new kind of drinks that were That's like, awesome. interesting. Yeah. Like, have you tried the, the kefir drinks? Oh yeah. It's That's like similar to kombucha. Yeah. yeah. I like the Kelvita brand, the sparkling probiotic drinks. Those are yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. I all love it. Them, I mean, making, I mix them all together. I put, I mean, it's just, I can't even. I really don't want to ever see anybody to see my grocery like cart. Like <laughs> how many drinks? That's awesome. I'm really embarrassed when they start ringing it up, and I'm like, okay, we still have more drinks in here. Like, it's yeah, just like how so much? many beverages. I, I spend way more than on that. My seafood is cheap here in the Low Country. That's the only thing that uh, saves my grocery bill is that we have I'm cheap so seafood. So jealous. Uh, so that helps. Our shrimp is like four ninety nine a pound, or. You I don't want to talk about it. No, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to come see you when this is all over. Yeah. All right, Nate, what yeah. are you consuming and what are you okay, so, so into? Um, I told Beth today that I was in a bit of a book drought. I usually love to read and listen to books, but um, right now I have been consuming TV. Yeah. That's, my, <laughs> that's my healthy choice for the, for the month. Um, <clears throat> there's a couple of shows that I've been into. For All Mankind on Apple Plus TV. It's about mm-hmm. like the... It's about NASA, the early days of NASA, and like, what if we had lost the space race? Yeah. That was a really interesting, very intriguing storyline. Um, and then something that I'm so into right now. What am I into? Oh, I don't know. I don't uh, want to answer this for you. Should I come back? I do you? know that, like, my family, we've been, like, very nerdy at night and have been filling out Sudoku puzzles. That's what I was going to say for you. Like, we'll, like, hurry so and eat dinner it. so that we can print out Sudoku and just work on them. <laughs> and then we'll have competitions <laughs> with my 10-year-old and my wife who can finish first. And Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty really cool. Cheesy. That's a great brain exercise, though. I love it. Yeah, it's fun. That's so fun. Okay, so for me, um, what I'm consuming, I'm really late to the party, but we've just started watching. And I always have a book, so I'm kind of with you on this right now. I'm between books, and I've started watching The Queen's Gambit. And I was prepared to dislike it, I think, because the title, I thought it was sort of like royal. I didn't understand. I mean, I knew it was about chess, but I didn't understand that that was just the the actual um, configuration, the move in chess. So it's really good and really compelling. So enjoying that. And then in terms of something I'm so into right now, this is pretty nerdy, but um, it's I've, I've been pretty focused on health and wellness and working out um, for the last couple of months. And I've gotten into this kind of series of exercises. Um, it's this Scottish like trainer and it's all plyometrics. 
and uh, it's and like isometric exercises. So you're not using anything but yourself. You're like cantilevering your own body. And it is so hard. I mean, just to do a 10 or a 15 minute one of these is exhausting and you're like sweating and you haven't even done anything like I've cardio. Heard about this. It's really interesting stuff. I'm going to send you one. The first 10 minute one I did, I thought I would die. I thought I would not survive those Looking 10 minutes. Looking forward to that. So yeah, <laughs> coming at you. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, I know. I know you're excited. <laughs> Well, Michelle, we always love talking to you. Every time Nate and I get on the phone with you or others on the team, it's just this really fun whirlwind. And today was no exception, but other people got to eavesdrop. So I love that. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Me. Yeah, no we problem. loved it. Thanks for having me. For sure. And we'll link to all the goodness of Black Southern Bell and all of the neat things you're doing in the show notes. So can't wait for people to discover more about what you're doing. Thanks again, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. It was a pleasure. 